0: This episode of the Disney Film Project podcast is brought to you by touringplans.com. It is the one-stop shop on the internet for figuring out how you are going to plan your Disney vacation. Disneyland or Disney World, it doesn't matter. Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, you want to figure out how to get there and not wait in line, This is how you do it, touringplans.com. At Disneyland, you're trying to figure out how to get out there and how to navigate all the cool new stuff like Cars Land and Buena Vista Street and all that great stuff without having to wait in line, touringplans.com. You can optimize your touring plans, check the crowd calendar, do all kinds of great stuff. Make sure you check that out over at touringplans.com. They're the sponsor of this week's episode of the Disney Film Project Podcast. (laughs) welcome again everybody to the disney film project podcast this is the show where we talk about the films of the walt disney company it could be walt disney productions it could be marvel it could be pixar it could be lucasfilm it could be anything and everything in between but we talk about it here on this podcast and at disneyfilmproject.com i'm ryan kilpatrick and along with the folks you are about to meet we run disneyfilmproject.com which is your source for the show notes for this very show Uh, All kinds of great Blu-ray and DVD reviews, movie reviews, reviews of the old shorts from the 20s on forward from the Disney company. All kinds of great content, so make sure you go and check that out over at DisneyFilmProject.com. Joining us, as always, are the fine film experts you've come to know and love. We have, first of all, Mr. Todd Perlmutter, uh, who was originally drafted into the Apple Pie Gang, um, but, but actually chose not to join just because um, he preferred dumplings. Is that correct?
1: Yes. Also blueberries.
0: Understood. Yeah. So the the blueberry dumpling gang is more your speed? Yes. Got it. Of course, we also have Ms. Rachel Cole from JustPressPlay.net. How are you, Rachel?
2: I'm doing great. I have a new qu- uh, get-rich-quick scheme. Just adopt a couple of adorable orphans and let them find gold for me.
0: Actually, I think you need three. I think that's the magic number.
2: Yes. <laughs> According to Schoolhouse Rock, yes, it is.
0: And, and
1: it one is. With, one with a bladder control problem. <laughs>
0: <laughs> True enough. Uh, and, of course, our fine producer, Miss Cheryl Perlmutter, who you can find at about.me slash Cheryl P3, or on Twitter, at Cheryl P3. She keeps things moving around here, uh, and including all kinds of mishaps and misfits that she has to corral to keep us uh, on time and on schedule. How are you, Cheryl?
3: Doing good. I'm, I'm, I haven't listened to the episode I missed yet, so I'll have to figure out how much mishaps and misfits I'll have to fix. But yeah, it's not it's, as much as the Muppets, yeah. which I really have to decide. I really love Muppets of Most Wanted. I, I, I bought it twice on Delta. I love that movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. I am, uh, I'm looking forward to watching it again. I will say that. All right. Uh, you, re- you asked for it. You requested for us to do some more classic Disney films. Uh, and, and I resent the fact that, that some of you out there don't find Million Dollar Duck to be a classic. But uh, one of the, the 1970s biggest hits for the Disney company, The Apple Dumpling Gang from 1975 is, is our selection for the day. Starring a cast of characters like Don Knotts, Tim Conway, Bill Bigsby, Slim Pickens, Harry Morgan. This is a virtual cornucopia of 1975 TV stars.
1: Yes, and Western stars from the 60s,
0: yeah. Yeah, it is uh, fitting right in with the rest of the Disney company's productions of this this era in that it it was most likely shot during the summer break from television and... uh, you know, features a bunch of actors that you've seen before and you might watch it and go, I remember that guy, or I know that guy. In this case you actually have some big names with Ton Don Knotts, Tim Conway, Bill Bigsby. Those are those were, you know, in nineteen seventy five, those are pretty big names.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you would say, I mean, this was for a long time, this was Disney's biggest moneymaker, right?
0: Yes. For well, yeah, in the seventies, for in sure. The 70s, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's all—it's all relative, right, with inflation and things like that. But yeah, that's true. I think Snow White is actually the—if you adjust for inflation—the the company's b- biggest moneymaker. Ah, oh. I don't know. It might be well, it depends on if you count Avengers or not. But no, <laughs> <laughs> I count but yes, Avengers. Uh, we all do. Um, we have—we have an erstwhile Avenger in this movie, the aforementioned Bill Bigsby.
1: We do, yes, yep. yes. Who's the star of the movie, basically? So
0: yes, he is, um, and unfortunately does not Hulk out at any moment in the film. No, I
1: mean this is uh, this is his last uh, movie before he just went strictly to television and then passed away.
0: Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Before so- he Hulked out too. <laughs> <laughs> the great thing i like about about uh, this film is that if you if you look it up it is the first pairing of don Knotts and tim conway who would go on to do a lot of different things together uh however i don't think they ever came close to what they do in this film as far as from a, co- a comedy standpoint
1: i uh, i agree it's a don- high point Don yeah. Knotts' um, autobiography that he wrote really speaks towards this movie a lot. He said that he had a ton of fun making this movie, and he had no idea what to expect from Tim Conway. They had, like, known each other slightly off screen, but because they had never acted together. And uh, Tokar just kind of said to them, you know what, guys? This is what the scene's going to be like. Go do your thing. <laughs> so, so you can bet that 80 to 90% of what they did was... Them and not a script.
0: I can believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, scripting was was probably very loose on this film, uh, judging by the performances given. I, I think the great thing that I think they did with this is is that, and then having Bigsby as the main character, he's one of those guys who is just going to be a solid actor. You know what I mean? Like he's not going to. You're not. You're not going to get you know, Oscar winning performances from him, but you, but I feel like he just turns in a nice solid performance and gets across whatever the, you know, the, the theme or the tone or the emotion you're trying to carry at that moment, he'll get it across, but he's not, you know, he's not going to be, uh, you know, an, an in-depth kind of an actor, but he, it, that's perfect for this. He's sort of the, in some ways, the straight man for all the craziness that's happening around him.
1: Well, you're right. And, and, Speaking of Bill Bixby for a second, that's why he was one of America's favorite actors of the time. He was was very well beloved, uh, you know, My Favorite Martian, uh, Courtship of Eddie's Father were both super, super popular shows, and then, as we discussed later on, The Incredible Hulk.
2: Well, let me ask you, uh, actually, everyone, really, um, did you believe the romance between him and uh, Magnolia? Because... I, I got to be honest, I wasn't entirely on board with that.
3: At the end, yes.
2: In the beginning, no.
0: I, 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 no, I didn't.
2: <laughs> I didn't really think there, were, there was a lot of chemistry between the two actors. and It's not anything against them. I just didn't think they were really great together.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of sort of felt that. Um, I mean, I like it. Don't get me wrong. But the two of them together, their, their lines, what they do and how they interact, don't really play towards it.
0: Right. Yeah, I agree. I think that their interactions up until the point where, um, you know, spoilers, as if you guys didn't know we were going to spoil the, the movie, the point up until they get married doesn't really point to the fact that they're going to be in love. You know what I mean? Like they don't build to it. It's just sort of, hey, these two are getting married and then the romance starts building which makes sense with somewhat within the context of the film but still is a little weird it feels like there should be a little bit of build-up at least uh to them getting married and then you know not enough for that to happen but you know at least something that says this isn't completely wrong for the two of them yeah yeah
2: I did like the scene with the involving the bed, <laughs> jumping yes. at, jumping head a lot. But that w- that was one part that I actually enjoyed their their interaction. But yeah, I didn't really ever buy them being in love with each
0: other. Yeah, I agree. Although I, I did I did like you know in the very end when they're in the river kissing, I thought that was kind of funny. I mean, I felt like I, that that felt earned to me a little bit. Uh, but the but. It's a big leap from, you know, finally kissing each other to settling down together with three children and two outlaws.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, a lot of negative comments about the movie were towards, you know, the women's lib type, you know, angle where at the end, you know, she's all happy to be, you know, Dusty the Wagoneer until she gets married. And then suddenly she puts on a dress and gives all that up.
2: Yeah, I thought that was strange, too. I kind of liked her look. It made sense with her character. So
1: and her nickname.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We should just uh, set this for people who I maybe haven't seen the Apple Dumpling Gang. I guess it's possible. It's just I've seen it so many times. Right. It's so hard for me to imagine that somebody hasn't seen it. Um, It. This takes place probably a few years after the end of the Gold Rush. I think it's supposed to be the 1860s. Isn't that technical years for the gold rush are the mid 40s to the mid 50s of 1800 so in that so i think it's 60 something in the movie roughly because they're talking about the gold all being dried up and that kind of stuff so yeah
0: and it's it's based on a book by uh, a guy named jack bickham uh the book is not in any way shape or form available that i could find Um, it was one of those things that, uh, the book came out in 71, Disney made the movie in 75. So it's one of those things that, uh, you saw a lot during that time frame of Disney in the sixties and seventies of like, Hey, that's a good story idea. Let's make a movie out of it. And I'm sure my guess is there's not a huge, uh, correlation between the two other than, you know, the main characters, you know, the, the setting and characters and those sorts of things. But my guess is the stories are wildly different. I, I don't know that for sure, but uh, it'd be interesting if anybody has read the book, let us know.
2: Yeah. I will say this is my first time seeing the movie. Is it? I had never seen this before. I, I have been aware of the apple dumpling gang for a long time. And I remember seeing the VHS tapes and everything, but I never saw it until this past week watching it.
1: Interesting. I can't wait to hear your overall thing at the end when we're done. Then, yeah, I'm sure. very, very interesting. Uh, for people who want to know, they, there's a se- there's a sequel to the movie, The Apple Dumpling Gang Rides Again. The only characters that carry forward are uh, Theodore and Amos. Harry Morgan is in it, but he is not playing the same character. Just which out, is very odd. Which is very odd. But actually, if you think about things that Harry Morgan has done, like MASH, for example, it's actually his mo. Is to play one character and then another character in the same general venue. Uh, there was also a TV film called *Tales of the Apple Dumpling Gang*, which I believe starred Ed Begley Jr. and somebody else. I can't remember who the other as. Like Ed Begley Jr. was doing the Don Knotts role of Theodore, and I don't know who the other character was. And then uh, it spawned another TV show that was uh, short-lived, kind of thing, which was very common in the '80s, called *Gunshy*.
0: Um, okay. Yeah. that seems odd. Yes.
1: Well, a short-lived show in the '80s. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, that
0: part—that part, that part <laughs> seems normal. But the, resurrecting this one in the '80s, yeah, that—that that does seem a little strange. Yeah, well, the TV movie. The was sequel the came 82. out what, like two or three years after this?
1: '79 was the sequel.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay, so not that long after. Yeah.
1: So yeah, there's I was, there's not a lot written about this. I was actually very surprised. Considering Me too. how, how well spoken this movie is, and how people just really know, like even Rachel said, she doesn't, she's never seen it, but she knows it. Like I'm, you also knew that it was Don Knotts and Tim Conway before yeah. ever seeing it. Yeah, so I mean, it there's, it's got an iconic element to it, and a nostalgic element to it, and an almost cultish element to it, in terms of the whole yeah. you know, Disney point of view kind of thing. So. It's really just weird that there's just not a lot out there about it.
2: I will say the best uh, review that I read for it was probably the New York Times review, which I don't know if anyone read, but just to grab a few quick comments from it, um, the to sum up the opening of this review they said that walt disney got to start doing animated movies that were trying to look like people or animals but later when he made live action movies he was trying to have people or animals look like cartoons um (laughs) which i think is very true for this movie um and the other thing that the other comment they had about they said it was it was a pretty positive review. It wasn't like a, you know, rave review, but they said it's as cheerful and indistinguishable as rice pudding and even has the two and a half raisins that a quality <laughs> control office somewhere inside Disney Productions allows for its pictures.
0: Yes, I can I, I can I can see that for sure. This is this is one of those things that like uh, you know, one of the the criticisms of Disney filmmaking, you know, pretty much from the beginning of the live action films is that it's, it's just what, what they call pablum, you know, it's, it's basically a, you know, it's just feel good movies for the sake of feeling good. And really they don't have anything to say or anything like that. Uh, And again, obviously because we're doing this podcast, I would imagine I speak for all of us in that we don't necessarily have a big problem with that, but that was the big criticism of Disney films. And this fits right in that, like, it's just fun to watch. we were joking before we got on that like there not a lot really happens in the movie. You know, there's not like a bunch of huge set pieces and and things like that, although more so than in some of the others we've seen, but it's just enjoyable to see Conway and Knots joking around and, and some of the other stuff, like you were talking about the, the bed sequence, Rachel, you know, those sorts of things. It's just kind of, you know, one of those films you can turn on and, and have a good time with.
2: Yeah, it's, it's hijinks, but it's hijinks done by Don Knotts and Tim Conway, which automatically elevates it.
0: Yes, for sure.
1: Yes. Also, do they speak in, like, really creepy deep voices in this movie?
0: <laughs> they, do. <laughs> they do. They do, they um, do. So, yeah, um, we'll, we'll dive into it. Like I said, the, um, the, going through the plot of the film is not going to take us too long because uh, not, not a lot really, really goes on. Um, from from the beginning which i was i was surprised with uh, having seen this it, it's probably been three years since i watched it last uh and i just always remember enjoying it so much uh, as a kid and so now coming back to watch it this time i was like oh wow this doesn't fit with the kinds of things that i enjoy today um so it's inter- it was just interesting coming back to it but the film opens with the shot of Uh, Of Bill Bigsby riding into town and we get the credits for the Apple Dumpling Gang and the song um, sung by Randy Sparks and the Back Porch Majority. I don't know who those people are, but that's who did it. (laughs) Um, But they they sing the song about the Apple Dumpling Gang, which makes no sense at the beginning of the movie. Um, But if you've seen any Disney film from this era, from basically the the mid-50s on, they tended to do that. They would sing a song that kind of gave away a good portion of the plot. Such as like Merlin Jones we talked about when Annette was singing that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the entire movie was the song.
0: <laughs> Pretty much, yes. Uh, well, in, in this case, the, the the entire movie, for the most part, is in the song. But uh, the the first tip that you get as to what this movie is going to be like is this Bill Bigsby rides into town. Theodore and Amos, played by Tim Conway and Don Knotts, uh, show up and – are trying to hijack him and trying to rob him. And um, they, they can't because they're too inept. (laughs) Yep.
1: (laughs) And they don't get better.
0: No, no, no. Like this is probably their high point. I would say.
1: (laughs) I love that the gun falls apart.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Don Knotch pulls his gun out. It falls apart. And he's like, well, go get him. You know, he tells uh, Amos to, to rope him. You know, throw the rope, and um he throws the rope and it goes what about six inches and then falls down <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're so I mean, just, just
2: about the worst bandits
0: <laughs> it's just like it's like classic vaudeville type stuff, you know what I mean, slapstick type humor, which is really fun to see,
1: yeah, we even learned that they're like as the movie progresses, we learn they're even more inept in this moment,
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I think this is the high point of their uh, efficiency.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, their ineptitude almost has a grandiose quality to it, like that. <laughs> there's so much planning behind it, especially near the end when uh, when they're trying to uh, to to steal the uh, the gold. Like that, just.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, they're, they're, they they take it to a new level. They really do.
1: But they're so serious. That's the other they half, are. right? That's the other half of it. Is like they're really trying hard. They're not. They don't even realize how inept they actually are.
0: No, they don't.
1: <laughs> I mean, they think they're these amazing bandits because it's all the planning and stuff and the skulking around is hysterical.
2: Oh, do you know what I would have actually loved to see? I would love to see. I would have loved to see Don Knotts and Tim Conway do a heist movie like Ocean's Eleven style with a whole like you know group that they're trying to to rob a casino or something, but they're the worst criminals in the world.
3: Well, wait, wait, wait!
1: Don't they aren't? Isn't um, Hot Lead Cold Feet? Isn't that a train robbery movie with them?
3: I don't know. I maybe.
1: Yeah, and I think I I have not seen that one nearly as much as I've seen this one. But I, uh,
3: only I saw it once and I was falling asleep during yeah it,
1: so. I think that's the case, and I think you get your wish in that movie yes.
0: i'll I'll have to check it out <laughs> we'll have to put we'll, we'll put it on the list we'll get we'll get going with that uh so the 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 bit that we get we get introduced to Bill Bigsby as he rides into town he goes and he sits down uh in the the place that you would expect him to a casino gambling saloon establishment. Uh, because he is identified as russell donovan a a wandering gambler
1: yes he's playing exposition poker as i like to call it yes
0: (laughs) 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 yeah because (laughs) the whole thing is like they introduce all the characters in the town by playing poker which is a neat way to do i mean if you gotta do exposition which you do that's it's a nice way to do it
1: yeah also the stuff about it being the the gold rush and no more gold and quake city and it sits on a fault line and all the things that happen later on in the movie all get set up during this poker (laughs) hand
0: and the fact that harry morgan is the judge the jury executioner
1: sheriff and barber
0: sheriff barber he's everything i believe he could change your shoes on your horse if you needed him to
1: He's also a much better uh, role than, what was the snow movie? Uh, I'm trying to blank.
0: Snowball Express.
1: Snowball Express. His role in this movie is much better than it was in Snowball Express. I
2: agree. He's he's basically Kurt from Gilmore Girls. He just has every job in town.
1: Yeah. He's also a little Jiminy Cricket, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: True. True enough. But yeah, so that's the setup, and what happens is at a certain point in comes a shiftless i don't know what you'd call him uh ne'er do well
1: yes anytime, anytime they, they have, do- have the small bowler hat
0: bad guy it's true
1: bowler
3: hat guy yeah
0: uh the new the new version of the the older version of bowler hat guy. Um, his name, all we get from his name is he's Wintle, right? Actually, that- we
3: don't know because he was, I remember well, our guy was time traveling, so. that's
0: well, well, true. It could be
3: the same guy. Yeah.
1: Yes, he got a dinosaur, so he, yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, John Wintle is his name. Um,
0: and he basically comes in to say, um, I have some valuables coming in on the stagecoach tomorrow. And I need somebody to pick them up for me. You know, I will give you money when I get back into town. I've got to leave town, but you know, if, you, if you'll pick up my stuff, then like I'll give from you some Popeye, money. I
3: will, I will pay, gladly pay you Tuesday for the hamburger today.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, he goes around the table and nobody will do it. And it's only Donovan agrees to it because we find out in the exposition, exposition poker, which I am now going to use every time I talk about this. Uh, Thank you, Todd.
1: <laughs> no problem.
0: Russell Donovan is trying to get to New Orleans. He's like he's passing through Quake City and he's trying to move move east and head to New Orleans. So he figures, hey, I'll get this money from you know I'll I'll get some money from these guys gambling. I'll get some money from this guy for that. He's not exactly thrilled about it. He's kind of the last man standing, uh, and in fact tries to hide. But he ends up agreeing to it, uh, and in front of the judge, which becomes important.
1: <laughs> Indeed.
0: Because the next day, uh, when the stagecoach shows up, driven by magnolia, Wait, uh, we
3: have to we have to show that when the stagecoach is going along the, the mountainside, the mountain side, it keeps stopping.
0: Yes, uh yes. <laughs> and so,
1: the so, little girl has a bladder problem.
3: Well, but, but you don't know it's a little girl in there. you just know it keeps stopping.
1: Well no, no she gets she gets out and goes to the okay. bathroom a okay. couple times, yeah,
3: okay, yeah. Sorry.
0: No. Yeah, she. They end up. Uh, the stagecoach comes into town, and it turns out that the the valuables that Wintle wanted uh, Donovan to pick up are in fact three children: uh, Bobby, Clovis, and the youngest, Celia, who has the aforementioned. Um, she needs to go a lot.
3: But that's typical of any. I hate. The, I want to defend Celia at this point, because that's typical of any little kid, though.
0: No, it's not. <laughs> not that much. Yeah, this is a little much. It's a little much, I'm just saying. I have I have a daughter who's slightly older than Celia and we don't have that kind of a problem. They do go a lot, not quite that much.
2: Yeah, I don't oh. think that I don't think she had a big gulp in the back of the uh the coach. So. <laughs>
0: exactly. The whole movie
1: all she does is pee and you never see her drink anything. The entire true. movie. It's
0: <laughs> true.
3: But but yeah, they're so, absorbed through her head because
0: So there's a big to do about, you know, Donovan saying he's not going to take the kids and uh, you know, the kids Dusty saying these are your valuables, you got to take them. The stagecoach has given up, you know, the stage line is done with them. Um Colonel Clydesdale Dusty's father, uh played by David Wayne shows up and um he's basically Colonel Sanders.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, what, sh- that's my notes on it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> And the town drunk. <laughs> yeah, yes.
0: Uh, and shows up and tries to, you know, adjudicate the matter. Unfortunately, no one's listening to him, really. Uh, but it basically ends up that Celia having to go forces Donovan to sign the, the paperwork because he has to take her to the bathroom. So he signs the paperwork uh, and becomes guardian of the three children until Wintle shows back up. Which, which sets the. This is the MacGuffin that sets the whole plot in motion. And I use the term plot loosely because not a lot but it really happens, as we said.
1: This, this is the plot, the, begin, the beginning and the end of it, right here.
0: <laughs> Pretty much, yes. Yes, that's exactly right. Uh, so, you know, they, he has to take. They, they get told that, that Wintel has a, a shack or a cabin or something on the out, outskirts of town. Um, so Donovan, who has yet to find a place to stay that is not a hotel, I guess. Uh, is taking takes the kids out there. It rains, and you know, he burns dinner, and it it goes about the way you would expect any bachelor guy taking over kids movie to go.
1: Except that Clovis kicks
0: him. I would have expected that.
3: And then Dusty ends <laughs> up rescuing it. Dusty ends up coming back and checking on him. Yes.
0: Yes. They're
1: cooking salt pork, which is basically the fat shaved off the back of the pig to get at the meat underneath that they make bacon out of so
0: yeah which i'll say if you've ever had salt pork cooked properly it can be tasty
3: time did research on cowboy stew y-
1: yes oh gosh so she comes in right she saves them by bringing son of a gun stew right and yes. which is which is also known as cowboy stew do you know what cowboy stew is
0: i i do not
1: does everyone have barf bags with them
0: Uh, I haven't.
1: Alright, well, well, be prepared, that's what I'm going to say. So, it's a real thing, first of all, and it is comprised of, uh, everything cow. Everything. Uh, tongue, liver, tripe, heart, brains, kidneys, all of it.
0: Um, well? Ick. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I just like to look up when somebody says something like that. I like to look it up. So,
2: well, I guess it makes sense. You know, you don't want to like when you're living out there. You don't want to waste anything.
1: Yeah, I, I, I guess. I mean, from today's point of view, it's pretty gross. Back then, it may not. Yeah. I don't even want to begin <laughs> to think of what it tastes like. Yeah, truth.
0: Yeah, very true. All right, so. You know, that, that that doesn't go well. Um, the next day, Donovan spends most of his day trying to find other people to take the children uh, and basically reinforcing every hillbilly stereotype there possibly could have been in 1975.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> what, what I like is he keeps getting madder and madder and the kids keep laughing harder and harder about it. Yes.
0: Yes, they do. <laughs>
3: Well, because Clovis ends up kicking one of the guys.
1: <laughs> Clovis does kick one of the guys.
3: And then, which, um, which, by the way, that's all Clovis
0: does in the whole movie.
3: And then yeah. the other one is, um, I like the one where he is the lady of the night.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: You're <laughs> <laughs> like ah, kids. <laughs> um, Yes, but the important thing that's going on here is well, he's actually starting to bond with the kids, whether he wants to admit it or not.
0: True, true. Right,
1: and, and that's evidenced by the next scene, which is uh, which, where, is. which is where Celia wanders out into the street because she hears bells. And coming through is a stagecoach on fire, and a fire—the fire wagon behind it. Which, mind you, pay attention. The fire wagon has a big role later on.
0: Yes, he, yes, it does.
1: <laughs> um, and he runs into the street and rescues her before she's run over. You know, and yes. and the sheriff kind of again does his little Jiminy Cricket thing. You know, whereas before it was like, well, you made a deal, you got to uphold it. Now it's well. Gosh, you're turning out to be a great family man. And he's like, la
0: la la la. la. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which he which he almost immediately messes up. Uh, you know, the, I, I I couldn't tell if it was later that day or the it's next day. It's the same day.
1: day. He, yeah, yeah, I think it's the same afternoon.
0: Because he, he basically lets the kids go wander around the town doing whatever they'd like. Um. So so one of the things we didn't touch on is is when the kids are shown up is that. They have a claim to a mine the Commodore uh, mine the Commodore mine that is on the outskirts of the town, um, but nobody everyone thinks it's worthless because, like you'd mentioned, you know this is towards the end of the gold rush, all the gold is gone. nobody's found anything in that mine for years and years and years, and this came up you know the night before, and they're like, "Well, let us go look in the mine and you know uh Donovan says, no, forget it, there's nothing there. People would have found it if there was anything there." So his plan instead is he's going to go and gamble, play poker, and he's going to get the money that he needs to go to New Orleans and to take care of these children in the time being by swindling it out of everyone in the saloon.
1: It's a great plan.
0: Well, to be fair, he succeeds in that part.
1: Well, until a little bit later because he does have competition.
0: Well, he, I'm just saying he does make the money, Oh right, you're right. He just doesn't get to keep the money
1: <laughs> yes,
0: because I, right. the children are destructive as and I will say, as you were saying, uh Cheryl, about Celia, I will say in this instance, as most children are
1: <laughs> what is this break?
0: Yes. That that's sort of the way children work because this is a little extreme, but basically they go up to the mine to look around, um, and and run into Theodore and Amos no less.
4: Yeah.
0: And uh, no, the interaction no, no. between them—they they don't run into—they run
1: into Theodore and Amos m- later on. Their sec- when they go out to find. Oh, that's right. Mine, the, the second, second time, time they go
0: through the mine, yes. Yes, because yes. they because the first time after destroying half the town wasn't enough. They have to go again.
1: Yeah. This but this time around Theodore and Amos are still spying on Donovan. Yes. And I love, I love how the math thing where they go, he has $500, that's 200 apiece. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, because they want to they take his money. Uh, they want to find a way to, to, to hijack him and take his money. Um, unfortunately for them, uh, everyone else beats them to the punch because, like we said, the, the kids go up to the mine. They end up in a mine car. And trip the 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 switch or whatever. The mine car starts plowing through the town. It knocks over the one man band. Goes through the middle of the saloon. It you know just destroys everything in the town. So why is as this Donovan... a Disney ride? <laughs>
2: it's true. Well, it destroys this be like what a Big
0: thunder is based on.
2: It it destroys like a Chinese laundry, isn't it?
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's not racist. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, it's the seventies. You could get away with a lot of things.
1: You could back then, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, so th- that that's what I like a lot is is you know, um, it, Donovan walks out of the saloon with his money, counting the money, and here comes everyone in town, and they just start grabbing his money, <laughs> yeah. and he has no idea what's going on. And uh, I like the fact that the the you know, typically in Disney movies, they kind of spell things out really, really well for you or you know like really explicitly they don't have him they don't have the other people in the town explain why they're taking the money they're just like walking up and taking the money and yelling so you can't really understand what it is i like the fact that they just let that be the way it was because it was funnier that way
1: well also you the viewer know what happens so they don't need to re-explain it you know
0: we've all seen disney movies where they would have re-explained it
1: i i agree with that (laughs) but this is also norman toker who's not as fulfilling in that respect true so
0: yeah it's interesting i mean like it's the disney studio system right it's it's the old studio system uh where the movies were a little less important the directors were less important than the studio itself uh that you know there's there's definitely if you read about old hollywood and and disney was certainly part of this where you know the directors weren't allowed to look at the movie after they shot it. They were basically just there to to shoot the film and then let the studio edit it together. yeah, so that's why you get a lot of that's why you get people like Norman Tokar who have like this movie Happiest Millionaire Follow Me Boys, who are also doing things like the Boatniks and Snowball Express No offense, Todd. I know you're a big Boatniks fan
1: i boatniks. <laughs>
0: And and we talked about the same thing when we talked about Robert Stevenson, right? The guy who directed Mary Poppins also directed some of the worst Disney live-action films there were, so.
2: Yeah, uh, <laughs> Lieutenant Robin Crusoe.
0: Yes. <laughs> Speaking of uh, politically incorrect, but it's yeah, <laughs> all other story.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, so uh, we get to uh, Amos and Theodore are now uh, plotting to capture him again.
0: Yes, uh, the, the, this is, um, amusing because the, it's, it's nighttime. And, uh, as, as stated, Bill Bixby's Russell Donovan is a horrible, uh, guardian of these children because he lets them wander around abandoned mines. Uh, and then he tucks them into bed outside of town and goes into town to go drinking. And yet we're supposed to believe he's a good family man and he's the right person to raise these children. I disagree. I'm just saying, uh, <laughs> And so, yeah, Theodore and Amos are out on the street, and they're they're trying to figure out a way they're going to hijack him. So the idea is Amos is going to get on the roof, and he's going to, like, shove something down, knock Donovan on the head, and then they're going to take the money and run, right?
1: He's going to drop a bucket of water on his head. I'm not sure how that captures a person.
0: Ooh, you don't know. <laughs> Has anyone done it to you?
1: I can't say they have.
0: So there you go. You don't know. Uh... But th- they start doing these, like, whippoorwill calls is the signal.
1: <laughs> and, of th- course... This had to be ad-libbing.
0: It, it had to be, yeah. Because, of course, Amos doesn't get the call, and there's Theodore standing in the street just, like, making these wild bird calls for no reason <laughs>
3: whatsoever. <laughs> is this where they introduce Clarice? The horse?
1: No, no, that's, the, that's when they're breaking into the bank later. Right, yeah. And it's not, Clarice is not a horse. Clarice
0: is a donkey. Oh, sorry. Mule. Yes, Transportation, whatever. Yes. Equine transportation. Correct. (laughs) Yeah, no, and this is just hilarious, because, I mean, like, Bill Bigsby, like I said, he's the straight man, and all the chaos is happening around him. So it happened with the, you know, the kids, and now it's happening with Theodore and Amos. Like, he barely even looks at them. He sees (laughs) Don Knotts and just kind of gives him an odd side look and just keeps going. But they just, and then they keep going with the whistling and the bird calls and everything. Yes, it, and Don Knotts end up, ends up wet. Yeah, Don Knotts is the one who ends up getting the, you know, the water dumped on his head. Yes.
1: Uh-huh. Also, they call themselves the Hashknife Outfit.
0: Oh, that's right. They did. It's true. Yes. Yeah. They go through many names.
1: Well, we learn their history.
0: Yes, because as, as Bill Bigsby's walking through, he runs into Dusty, uh, and it's a big point that he, you know, they start talking, and, and she says, oh, that's just uh, Theodore and Amos. Because he says, I think they were trying to, to hijack me. And she's like, yeah, they probably were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but yep. we learn that they were part of the Stillwell gang. Correct. Which is apparently the notorious outlaws around these parts. Yes.
1: And apparently we also find out that they were ejected from the Stillwell gang because Theodore shot Stillwell in the leg. Again, serving their ineptitude.
0: (laughs) Indeed. Uh, But it's a big thing, though, because he ends up inviting her into the saloon for a drink, which is apparently a giant problem in in etiquette back in these days.
1: Bars is for men...
0: Yeah, I, I, that was the part of this. I was like, um... <laughs> oh,
1: well, it's, it's, it may have been true in the 1800s. I don't know. I didn't live then. Says you. No, no, I, mean, I haven't traveled We all know,
0: you, know you're time traveling.
1: I haven't traveled there yet. You know why? Because that other guy <laughs> with that car travels there.
0: Oh, good point. Good point. You don't <laughs> want to bump into people. <laughs> it, I mean, the time travel continuum gets pretty crowded between the doctor, between Marty McFly. You know, yeah. You don't want to, like... You know, run into people.
1: Also, God forbid you get your machine in the way that train.
0: Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. That thing will do some damage. (laughs) For sure. Uh, Yes, so the next day is. See, the, the funny thing is, is like, you know, the whole idea is that he has these kids, Donovan has these kids, but really the plot doesn't kick in until the very next day, which is what, 45 minutes in or so?
1: Yeah, well they're building the relationships in the yeah. movie. The that's they're trying to anyway. I mean like I agree with Rachel. It's the script isn't really written towards the relationships. It's just interactions more than relationships. Right. So yeah.
0: I, what what they're trying to do is similar things to what you see in movies now where they try to build character through interactions with one another, like brief interactions, one-liners, and things like that. Um, it being the 70s, that just wasn't necessarily the way movies were, were made in a lot of cases. So it doesn't play the same as it would – like like if they remade this movie now, I bet you would – it it would work a lot better because I think, you know, the dialogue would be a little snappier and those sorts of things. Not to say this doesn't work, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like the comedy would be amped up through the dialogue a little more than the slapsticky parts.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I wonder if they remade it, if Donovan would still be doing the bare minimum of, uh, of looking after these kids, just making sure that they don't die.
0: <laughs> my guess is, my guess is he would be stepping it up quite a bit. Because, I, I like, mean, the I, next I, day, he, he lets them go wander through the abandoned mine, you know, just yeah, because. Yeah,
2: I, I kept thinking about that movie, Million Ways to Die in the West, which is not a good movie, but I was like, it's a good thing that those kids don't live in this town, because yeah, <laughs> none right. of, is, none of is not keeping an eye on them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not, not at all, no.
1: Yeah, you know, actually, if they remade this movie with Tim Allen and, and Eddie Murphy.
0: Yeah, it could be funny.
1: Yeah. Sorry. If it happens now, I've doomed us all, but... <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: True. <laughs> it True enough. Can't be any, well, it can't be any worse than Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy.
1: Well, that's another culty favorite movie. That's
3: what, so heard, I actually enjoy Jesus.
0: that one. Yeah, I actually like that one, so... But we'll, we'll talk about that. All right, so, like I said, the next day is is the big shift in the plot because... Uh, the kids wander up to their abandoned mine. They do run into Theodore and Amos this time who are hiding out because they think that a posse is coming to get them or somebody's <laughs> coming to get them.
1: I love this conversation there. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> this they, is another one that, like, that had to be ad-libbed, right?
1: They agree to go out in a blaze of glory. <laughs> 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 if only life worked like that. Yes, so you could just decide that particular thing
0: yeah no it's um, it, is, it is not that way so it, it ends up that they are uh, in fact confronted with the children who show up and, and say hello uh, and just move on because they want to go in their mind and Theodore and Amos you know let them let them go uh, as mentioned before it is quake City so when the kids get inside the mine there is a quake and, uh, fortunately the children survived because they very easily could have been crushed and died. And that would have been a very poor ending to the film.
1: Yes. I, I like how Porcelia is holding on to the, the, um, support in the mine.
0: Yeah. So once the earthquake happened, it turns out there are, uh, there is gold sitting there, a giant gold nugget. They call it a nugget. That looks like a rock to me
1: it looked like pyrite not actual gold which was <laughs>
0: well pyrite. it probably is yeah
1: yeah pyrite is of so, gold for people that don't know
0: yes so then they end up uh you know taking this to uh to the bank and uh de- not depositing it but you know keeping it in the bank so that it's it's actually safe and those sorts of things and so the, all of a sudden the kids own this gold and all the people that donovan went to to give the kids away show up and are very interested in finding these children and and becoming their guardians they have a lot of people who want to be uh their friends now
2: yeah and this leads to some really distressing moments like the women that were tearing off the little girl's
0: dress (laughs) yes well, there's a part in the part ba- in the bank, right, where all, everyone's coming in and trying to get to the kids. And then Donovan and the kids are in a restaurant, and he's feeding them as many apple dumplings as they want, hence the name. <laughs> and, like, yeah, exactly what you said, Rachel. People, these two women come in who are very, very scary. And they come in and start grabbing at Celia that Mr. Donovan has bought her a new dress, but they start, you know – Yanking on her and you know just basically causing all a, a problem uh, and and rip the rip the dress the sleeve off of her dress it's it's kind of disturbing you're you're but, correct
1: but you have to understand how much money that is so remember it was priced in the movie right that big huge chunk of gold was uh, eight thousand eighty thousand eighty seven thousand four hundred twenty five dollars right. Yeah. That's, and it's dated 1879. So there we go, folks. It was after the gold rush, like I was saying, but it was in the 1870s, not 1860s. Um, but in today's dollars, that's uh, two, almost $2.2 million. Yeah. So. True. Yeah, so can, just keep that in mind.
2: You know what would have been an interesting plot twist in this is if it would have been thrown into question whether the gold was real, like whether like and and you could have had the whole question of would he still want to be you know their guardian if they weren't super rich
1: <laughs> yeah, I suppose they could have gone that way. The thing was is um I don't know that Bixby would have played that role like i don't I like that might have been a role he went and I have actually taken because he was very much into family oriented plots to begin with yeah. as an actor. I mean he was very into it like he was outspokenly into it. So I don't know they would have gone to something where he might abandon kids cuz that wasn't in his style of doing things.
2: I guess yeah. that's true. Yeah.
1: But uh so but uh the bank I I think it was already valued at the bank so it was already proved to be real gold which they're in a mining town so I I think they can figure out the real gold versus fake gold thing. Probably better than I could.
2: Yeah, that's true. I mean, with all the prospectors out there, yeah, they'll they'll be able to tell what's real gold.
0: Yeah. True. Very true. Yeah. So, it it turns out that uh, you know this is this is a big deal, and the judge sort of speaks to to Donovan about the fact that you know there are, there are people crawling out of the woodwork who who want to to be the kids' guardians, uh, and that. I don't know in this particular case if the judge is actually matchmaking or if the judge is uh telling the truth. Because he's basically saying, you know, in order for you to keep these children and keep them safe, you would have to get married to someone reputable uh or else I'd have to turn them over to some disreputable person who's not married or who who is who is married. I don't know if I'm buying this.
1: I think he has a soft spot for Donovan is what it really is.
0: That I believe. Yes.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean the thing is that I I seriously doubt that they would be really enforcing laws that strictly out there unless the judge really wanted to. So as far as them taking the kids away from him just because he isn't married, I don't think that would happen.
3: Yeah, I don't know, I it's very unclear clear.
0: Yeah, I, 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 that's I think the the big thing. I think that's the, uh, the the problem, right? It's it's not exactly clear.
1: I don't think it has to be. I mean, I think you know, considering what the movie is,
0: <laughs> that's a fair point too. Yeah. <laughs> and,
1: and again, not that it's a bad movie. It's just if you really look at the movie for what it is, it's not really trying to get even that complex.
0: Correct. Yeah, it's it's definitely a movie that's like here here things are on the surface yeah yeah for sure so that sets off the whole thing of, of donovan is going to have to uh find someone to marry and gee i wonder who it would be considering that there's only one other woman in the town
1: well the sheriff actually says you should be asking her
0: <laughs> You're right you should go <laughs> ask dusty and the reason for that is he that's the only female in the town that that we've been introduced to as a character
1: other than the uh, the illicit. The, uh, the,
3: the Lady of the Night.
1: The Lady of the Night, thank you. I can never think of what Which that I'm was.
3: saying
0: could have been an option.
2: <laughs> yeah, this this movie isn't exactly passing the Bechdel test. We only get one, <laughs> one female character in the movie, so <laughs> right. no chance of that.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, he's going to have to go and, and take care of this. Meanwhile... Uh, we we have been too long in the film without Theodore NamUs, which I think that's a good thing, that they <laughs> recognize that it's been too long and bring them back.
1: <laughs> yes. By the way, this this scene with the firehouse probably goes on a little too long.
0: <laughs> oh, it definitely does, but it's still funny.
1: Oh, it is. I mean, because... They literally like they spin that ladder like three times in the, in the course of trying to figure out how to get it to the door. But it's it's so long, even the dog in the in the firehouse is amused.
0: Yes. <laughs> so you want to explain what? It, since, since you were talking about it, what, you know they're they're trying to use the ladder basically yes. to try and find a way to steal the gold nugget.
1: That that's right. So they they have decided that they are going to steal the gold nugget. Okay, and that's and that's what's so. They need to get up onto the roof because, of course, the way you break into a building without security, other than a lock on the front door, is you uh, going through the skylight. So that's their plan. It works. makes sense. Right. Sort of, sort of. I mean, if you were less inept, it might be successful. But uh, they they can barely even steal this ladder, though. <laughs> and they're stealing it from the firehouse. Yes. <laughs> So, it doesn't uh, work very well. No. They, the fireman is sleeping in the firehouse, and the dog is sleeping in the firehouse, and they're very concerned about waking up the fireman, obviously, and also the dog, but the dog eventually wakes up and it doesn't do anything because watching them is so ridiculously funny. Right? It, it's, the dog is even laughing,
0: basically. Yes, pretty much.
1: <laughs> yeah. And they end up smashing it through the next building, and that's that's really probably one of the best moments in the film is when Bill Vixie walks by the front of the next door building and he sees, he sees Amos on one side leaning on the, on the one end of the ladder and he goes to the other side of the building and Theodore is leaning on the other end of the ladder.
0: Yes. No, it's, it's, it's very, I mean, like, like we said, very, very slapstick, very, very funny type stuff uh, between these two. And, and like I said, they, they know when they've gone too long without, Checking in with those guys. And, and I don't know if that was in the editing or, or what, but they know when it's time to get in there and, and have some more of this slapstick. Like you say, probably goes on a little too long, but it, it's good. Yes.
1: And, uh, well, they are not successful breaking into the bank with the ladder. It's the long and <laughs> <long laughs> the short of it.
0: Yeah, correct. Not this time. They didn't get they it didn't, the
1: long and the short of it.
0: I see what you did there. Oh,
3: yes, a good. Um, am I am I at the right point where we can talk about how how the other guy from the from the from the other gang has snuck into town and gotten the plans to move the nugget from the from the owner?
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that I think that already happened.
3: Okay, we yeah, didn't talk right.
1: about it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's important to note that Stillwell and his men are. She's shown in a scene from up on high on some hill near, the town, near Quake City. Near the old Quake right. City. And then uh,
0: Silwell so is played by Slim Pickens.
1: Slim Pickens, which for those people who can't remember who he is, he's the guy that rode in a cowboy hat on a nuclear bomb.
0: And was also in uh, – he, he's been in a lot of westerns. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So didn't he do something else for Disney?
0: Uh, he might have. He might have. I don't. I don't. I don't know if off the top of my head. But yeah. Yeah. He might have.
1: I, I seem to feel that like he did something else for you. But the the important thing is, um, he and his gang. And he's limping, right? He's got on a leg brace. We find out from having been shot in the leg by Theodore, as was told to us earlier in the movie. And he is. He makes it a point that if he ever gets his hands on Theodore, he's going to kill him. He yes. makes it a point to let us and his men know that. And what he does is he goes into town and he's posing as a preacher. And he's talking to Dusty's dad, and he finds out the plans for the whole, the goal that they're going to get it out of the town.
0: Right, and how they're going to how they're going to ship it out. What, right. What the story. Well, right. wait. Doesn't I thought that happened after they got?
1: Married. Oh, you're right. That happens yeah. after the first time they get captured in the bank. You're right. Yeah. I forgot yeah. there were two there were two attempts at the bank at the
0: bank. Yeah, robbery. there's two break break-ins at the bank. <laughs> yes, yeah. because first what happened, you know, the, um. Donovan and Dusty have to work it out, and of course, Dusty's not all into getting married to save the kids at first. But he he makes the the point that you know I'm not interested in uh, what's the way he put it? Uh, fulfilling his husbandly prerogative or something of that Jeez. nature. Yes, that's yes, that's,
1: that's her words, <laughs> right?
0: So he's he's not interested in that. Like it's a strictly a business arrangement that you know they will. Do this. They will have the trial. They will the kid uh, and and the, or the kid rather, and you know then they'll return the kids at at the necessary time. And uh, and so they agree to do this. Uh, they get married by Harry Morgan, which I think you know everyone aspires to to some degree.
1: Oh, yes. get married by Harry Morgan. Yeah, yeah, for
0: sure. <laughs> so. They, they By the way, do did that, you catch
1: that Harry Morgan's character's wife is named Mildred in the movie? Which is, you know his what his wife's name in *Mash* when he plays Colonel Potter.
0: Uh, oh. No, I didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's a nice little reference.
0: Yeah, very cool. So yeah, they they do get married, but under that condition, right? That it, you know he's it, it's just this arrangement. There's none of none of that going on, right? And yeah. so. You know, the next day he's. Once they go to, uh, to they're going to get every. You know, once that's done, he goes off to uh, to the bar, and she she has to go and take care of the stagecoach duties and everything. They definitely are not acting like they're married. Nope. Which, much to her chagrin, I think.
1: Yes. Well, actually, no, no. The uh, the bank robbery is before the marriage. This is the engagement moment. Then there's bank robbery. Then they get married. Uh that's right. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, I, he, it's, it's hard to remember because a lot of it is very. A lot of these last few scenes are very similar to other scenes are, that come right, almost right. immediately yeah. after it. So.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, so yeah, we get another uh, Theodore and Amos bank robbery. Which, in this case, they are successful in getting into the bank.
1: One step forward.
0: Yes. Uh, (laughs) And the reason for that is that Amos and Theodore are using a mule, as previously mentioned.
3: (laughs) Clarice.
0: Clarice. Amos ties a rope around the mule, throws it over the bank... The other end is tied around Theodore, and he's going to use the mule to hoist Theodore up to the top of the bank. And I like to say it does work; that does happen. Yes. Um, unfortunately, it happens when the children are walking by, and they see this happening. And it sort of—it's—it's it's one of those slow burn comedy moments, right? Like because he's lifted up a bit at a time, a bit at a time, and they're like, "How are you doing that?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's great, so because it's important to note he's standing on the side of the building in the shadow, so the kids, because he folds his arms over the rope that's around his waist, so the kids can't actually see the rope at that point.
0: Right. Yeah. Until he starts getting lifted up. The, How the did
1: screen. he throw the rope over the building? Because they don't actually don't show know. that
0: happen. I don't know that part. The other part I don't know is, you know, basically that's the end of that scene. The next thing we see is they go into the, you know, the 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 judge and everyone goes into the bank, and it turns out that they that Theodore and Amos are hanging by a rope inside the bank. So my question is, how did Amos get in the bank hanging by the rope?
1: You know, he must have lowered the rope back down to pull Amos up. That's what I figured.
0: I I I don't know.
3: Um, one other thing we forgot. What's that? Is the scene where where um, I'm gonna call him Carl Potter because that's what he is? Um, <laughs> tricks them and and tells them because the first time they robbed the bank they got caught. So he yeah. tells them get out of town and bring this.
1: That's this time.
3: Okay.
0: Yeah, that's this yeah. time.
1: Yeah, bring the yeah. rope with you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah four o'clock <laughs> <laughs> tells them to bring their own rope to their hanging and i love the comment that he makes he goes well if they're dumb enough to bring the rope then they're dumb they enough deserve, to die right? yep. <laughs> yes
2: <laughs> that's probably the best gag in the entire movie like yeah. just like uh as- aside from like there's a lot of physical comedy but that's probably the best uh joke in the
0: movie sure yeah i agree yeah so that so that's how they get captured and then like we said uh, um we, we get the wedding, and at the trial, where you know the whole idea is that they are going to you know be awarding the children. The judge is going to award the children to Donovan and Dusty. At the trial, Wintel shows up. Yes.
1: By the way, and you forgot that you forgot the be- the fight over the bed. I know we talked about it earlier, but that's what happened. Oh, you're right. We this didn't talk get about it.
0: You're right. You're right. Um, because when he goes to the saloon. She goes and she sees uh, that he has purchased a bed, a big, nice, brass bed, which leads to Dusty reorganizing the saloon, if I <laughs> would put it nicely.
1: Reorganizing the saloon. <laughs> with, yes, with Donovan's face, basically.
0: Yeah, and a, and a spittoon.
1: And a spittoon. Yes, that's right. Hit, I'm sorry I hit you with a spittoon.
0: Yeah. Um, until he finally explains that he bought the bed for the boy's and, and Celia to sleep in, not the two of them. That was kind of the point. Uh, but yeah, so then the, then the trial and Wintle shows up, and what happens is, you know, they can't unfortunately uh, him into... They can't take him... Take the kids away from him. I'm sorry, that's what I meant because to say.
3: Because he has a lawyer, though. That's the only, That's one of the reasons why they say it.
0: Well, legally, I mean, he is the guardian of those kids because they are quote unquote kin to him
3: Well you already gave them up
0: No he was just having uh Donovan watch them for him uh-huh. and remember they observed that uh contract that verbal contract you know what I'm saying Yeah yeah
1: Yeah unfortunately the judge was kind of sort of a because he's the one that enforced the verbal contract so Exactly Yeah
0: that's why it was important that he was there I agree so they have to they have to give the kids back to Wintle. The kids are not very happy about this. Uh but you know, that's that's what has to happen. So they have to give the kids back to to Wintle. Uh Donovan's gonna get out of town. It's, it's the whole thing with the deal. And it's 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 the dark moment of the script, right? This is this is, this is the, the
3: end. It's yeah the
1: end. goodbye.
3: <laughs> horrible.
0: Uh, but of course, what happens is that that does not happen, right?
1: Right, because now's when Stilwell's kind of skulking around and doing his thing.
0: Right. And he finds out the plan for taking things out of town basically by uh, getting Dusty Father more drunk.
1: Not a and, difficult oh, thing.
0: And posing as a minister.
1: Yes, posing as a preacher.
0: <laughs> Which he's very funny at doing.
1: Yeah, I I wanna say he's played something else as a preacher, like it may like that same big cat type preacher that he is that he's going around as. hmm You know.
2: Oh, by the way, Todd, you were asking earlier if uh, Slim Pickens has done other stuff for Disney. Yeah. And yes he has. Uh he did a bunch of work for uh Wonderful World of Color. And also he did some uncredited voice work uh for the black hole.
1: Oh. Ah. Yay. Which which, so we're, there you doing, go. which we're doing <laughs> at some point this year. I'm so nope, excited. Not this no? year. Why not? No, sir. Oh.
3: Cauldron this year. Black
1: Cauldron is this year. I know it's black something. I
3: told you the black hole you have to you have to stay in touch with John Lasseter. <laughs> okay, folks. Everyone, get your pens and pencils ready. Email, write John Lasseter, care of Disney Corporation, whatever address in California, whatever. We want our sequel to the black hole. Send. There you go. All right then. Once once I get the sequel, I'm ready to do. I'm ready to do a two, a two for.
1: <laughs> back to back she, so, so Cheryl is now declared. That she's holding the black hole hostage
0: which is that's not what surprised.
1: I heard which could be the second movie right there
0: <laughs> <laughs> alright so yeah uh, what happens is the, when, when things go, go bad as they are wont to do when you have a gang of, of thieves about to attack uh, the the thieves attack. They are they basically hijack the children uh, as they're going out of town. And Wintel and friends are not exactly. Wait,
1: wait, you forgot the whole important naming moment of the movie where they go and oh, see yes, Amos right. and Theodore. All right, they, the the yeah. kids go to see Amos and Theodore again, and they say, "Look, we don't want this gold because this gold is the reason why we can't be with the people that we actually like." Right. Yes. So what they end up doing is because of that they say hey look so we want to give you we want to give you guys the gold but we can't because we can't go in the bank and take our own gold because they're kids and the adults are keeping them from it we're going to all break into the bank together the kids come up with this plan that's the important right. thing not amos and theodore the kids and so because the kids like their apple dumplings uh, it's actually Theodore who comes up with the idea to name them the Apple Dumpling Gang. That's right. Right, because they can't use the hash knife outfit because that's their own name.
0: They've got to be somebody different because that's when they right. write it in the history books, as, as uh, Amos says, they've got to be somebody different. Because obviously <laughs> this is going to go down in history. Yes. And the
1: plan they come up with involves dynamite and in a wagon.
0: <laughs> Which is a bad plan. <laughs> because again, like, the kids came up with the... The idea of giving the, the gold to Theodore and Amos, not a bad plan. Then they left Theodore and Amos in charge, probably where things fell down.
1: <laughs> yeah, literally.
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> because they go into the, to the bank and dynamite and, you know, eventually kaboom. Yes. Uh, but that's after the rest of the, the, the things happened. Uh yeah, they get, they get into the bank and all of a sudden the Stillwell gang comes in to rob the bank. Uh the rest of the town shows up to try and stop the Stillwell gang from robbing the bank.
1: <laughs> he foreshadows this too. He says cause he says when he's talking about the town on the mountain, he makes some comment that everybody in a in a town like this is a vigilante. And that's and no joke because wrong. because everyone comes out with a gun that you have seen previously in this movie. To shoot at the guys in the bank, stealing And some people gold. you
0: haven't seen. Like, yes. there's just a lot of shooting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Bill Bixby pulls out a Derringer, which I love, right? Everybody else is shooting these, like, you know, six shooters and shotguns, and he pulls out a little t shirter thing. Derringer is not a long-range weapon for people who don't know, so. Yes. It's meant to shoot people across a card table, and that's about it.
2: I did not know this, so. Yeah. Yeah. Informative to me.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, short-range weapon.
1: Yeah, because it fits up a sleeve. That's the design of it.
0: Right.
1: So I've watched a lot of westerns.
3: Lot I of can tell. Stars.
1: And a lot of Pawn Stars. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so this is a big shootout in the, at, the, at the bank. Uh, Theodore and Amos actually get trapped inside while the Stillwell gang runs out the back and takes the kids with them. Uh, yes. And the fire wagon that they were using.
1: And the dynamite is what saves Theodore's life. Because yes, because
0: they can't shoot him.
1: <laughs> otherwise, he'll drop the dynamite, which is bad old dynamite from the mine, and would therefore blow up if it hit the ground hard. Exactly. Which is actually true about dynamite. If it's, if it's old and it, bulging and oozing, it can explode. And people who saw Lost will know this.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so they, thus leading to uh, a, a 1970s Disney car chase, only with wagons.
1: <laughs> it's actually the exact same car chase as in um, what were we just talking about? The one where where um, it's one of the movies we did. It's not the one with the kid and the duck. The Golden Egg, Million Dollar, Dollar Duck.
4: Duck. Million Dollar, Dollar Duck. Duck. Right, it's
1: the same car chase, right? Because they have the fire engine at the end, and at the end of that one, it's the other type of truck that has that weird backsteering thing.
0: Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Very similar.
1: Yeah. It's a cool. It's a cool fire wagon thing, though. To... Yeah. Yeah. Oh no,
0: no, it's good. It, it, it. I'm downplaying it, but I mean, like, it's a fun, it's a fun part of the movie. It's you know, but. When you've reached this point, there hasn't been a lot of "quote unquote" action in the film so far, and like you know exactly how it's going to turn out. You know what I mean? Um, but it's fine. I mean, it's good to watch. And there's a big fight between uh, Donovan and the Stillwell gang leader in the water on the wagon as it's floating down the river. That's a kind of a cool, you know, little setup, especially for 1975.
1: Yeah. Right, and the, the it's important to note that by the end, by the time Donovan is off fighting, he's only got to rescue Celia because the boys managed to knock two of the men off early on, and they so they get captured, and the boys escape. So yes,
3: see, I was expecting Celia needing to pee to help the situation here. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is a
1: point where they leave the peeing for a while, and then yes. they come back to it at the very end. You're right. I. I completely agree.
0: Yeah. Sure. So, yeah, they, they end up uh, coming back with that, and, you know, uh, Donovan wins. Like I mentioned earlier, early on, um, Dusty ends up in the water with him. She kind of tackles him at the very end. They fall in the water, and, and they're kissing. And like, like, if you're saying that we haven't talked about how they fell in love, that's because they don't talk about it in the movie either, like Rachel said.
3: No. We
1: just kind of <laughs> kiss at this point, and love
0: ensues. Pretty
3: much. It's yeah. an off-screen romance.
0: There you go. <laughs> you
2: yeah, can and... you can write your own fan fiction
0: for it. Ooh, I like that idea.
2: <laughs> Apple dumpling gang fan fiction. We've created a new thing.
0: <laughs> totally.
1: <laughs> it probably exists.
2: Oh yeah, that's that's true. It probably does exist.
1: If, I'm kinda if you scared can think of it, it, it's probably already on the internet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's that's a true statement right there. All right, yeah. So that's yeah, that's that's the way it works. Um, and then we get a last little sequence of uh, Donovan and the kids and Dusty riding off to the, We've uh, the bank blowing up. Oh well, yeah, that's true. I forget, I did forget about that. They, they did blow up the bank. We then, we mentioned um, it earlier, but yeah,
3: he gets the deed to. Um, some place that's that hasn't been that for that for them to live in. He gets
1: he gets the reward for capturing the Stillwells, which is five thousand dollars, and he uses that to buy the deed to some mansion. Essentially, is was the impression I got.
0: Well, it's like a I, I got the impression it was like a saloon, not a saloon, but like a, a hotel or something. He's going to run something like that.
1: Maybe he was the previous owner to the hotel. In the Snowball Express.
0: Whoa! <laughs> it's all connected.
1: He's the uncle, right? Isn't it his uncle that leaves him in Snowball yeah. Express? It yeah. is, yeah. He's the uncle. I'm declaring it.
0: <laughs> yep. So yeah, they they he, he pays for that. Um, the they end up heading out of town with the three kids, Dusty, dressed in her dress, which which I'm with with. You, Rachel, or, or, or and the and the people who took issue with that—that it's just weird at that point, because she's been dressed in jeans and a denim shirt most of the film.
2: Yep. It's like yeah. when you're living when you're living out there, it makes sense to dress for comfort and for utility, and not. You know, <laughs> not like all these frills and bows and things. It yeah, and, doesn't make sense.
1: And granted, they kind of sort of implied that she had an eye for finer things because they have her coveting that bed that ultimately comes the fight bed. Right? She's, you remember she's checking it out in the store window a couple times earlier in the movie. But they don't really say it, and it's not really a topic. It's just the thing. So it's, it, I think that's what they were trying to get at to set up the fact that she would even own the dress. After you spend all the movie thinking that she's never going to – she's not a dress owner, you know.
0: Right. Yeah. And along the way, they run into Theodore and Amos, who apparently they agree with. They agree. They're just like, okay, we'll take them. I'm not really sure what they're going to do. And after they nearly killed everyone, I I don't – again, I don't think Donovan's parenting skills are very good.
1: They're the babysitters, right?
0: Yeah, I, is that a good
3: idea?
1: I don't know. It, it can only be uphill, right? They already blew stuff up with dynamite.
3: <laughs> well, we find out. We do find out in the sequel that that like they that they do come up with um like every night has a theme for dinner.
1: Gotcha. Well, when we review that, we'll get to ha- we'll get to find out about Chicken Night.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's true. But yeah, that's uh, that is uh, this how the Apple Dumpling Gang ends up?
1: And they called it the Apple Dumpling Gang.
0: Yes, and we get to hear the song again.
1: It's not a bad song.
0: No, no, it's no. Oh. I, I enjoy the song. Yeah, I think I think you know, like we were, like we've been saying the whole time, it's not one of those movies you're gonna find, you know, a, a, something great about the human condition. You know, like this is just a fun, enjoy the slapstick and 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 enjoy it, have some fun.
1: Yeah, well, we've discussed that there are those that type of movie where you don't necessarily have to go in with a lot of expectations, and you tend to enjoy the movie even more the result. And this is one. Don't go in. Yes. Yeah, you know,
2: I think I think this is also one that's best like seen initially when you're younger. I think I think having nostalgia attached to it is a good thing.
1: All the sight gags are great for kids in this.
0: Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah, my my kids really liked it. So, and and they had seen it before, but you know, it'd been like I said, about probably three years or so. So they they really enjoyed watching it again.
2: A lot I mean a lot of the elements, um like especially the hidden treasure one again. I know we talked about this um with Candleshoe, but the hidden treasure, um that's something that I would have latched onto as a kid. Um, you know, all the stuff in the mine I probably would have really remembered that. Um You know the I enjoyed this plenty, like I I like it for what it is, but I, I almost kind of wish I would have seen this when I was much younger.
0: Yeah, yeah so, I can I can believe that, yeah. Yeah,
1: it, it's just a very nostalgic thing. Like, I always remember, it was one of those previews, you, Disney does this all the time where they take these old movies and they'll make a, a newer preview out of it, but they'll always do that whoop, whoop type music, like when things like the gun falls apart and stuff like that, you know what I'm talking about? It, they have like this stock set of sound effects that Disney tends to use in the trailers. Yeah, the yeah, movie. now I know what you're saying, yeah. Right, and, and this is one of those trailers that you can find them and it has all those stock sound effects in it that you don't <laughs> even see here he, in the movie. They're just in the trailer. Right. Yeah, it's true.
0: All right, so uh, anything else we want to add about Apple Dumpling Gang before we, we rate this one? Nope. nope. I'm good. All right. <laughs> all right, Rachel, as the newbie, I'm going to let you go first on this one
2: okay I'm gonna give this two and a half stars as I said before I think I probably would have been a little closer to three if I had seen this for the first time when I was younger and I think this is a great movie for kids I I like if if it's like a family sitting down I would say absolutely watch this Um, and of course it's (laughs) it's always good to introduce kids young to uh, to Don Knotts and Tim Conway and to their stylings of comedy so yeah, I would even though I'm giving this a two and a half, that's my personal rating. I would still very much give this a recommendation.
3: All right,
0: Cheryl, what about you?
3: Um, well, I'm thinking about this and thinking about also how how I would read the sequel. Um, so I'm gonna go three on this. I do think it's good. I I think it has some funny bits, but seeing the sequel compared to this. The sequel is better.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay. All right. She's throwing down the gauntlet. All right, Todd, what about you?
1: Um I like I said, I just remember this movie a really well. And I don't remember the sequel as well as I remember, other than them running around in dresses. I don't even remember why they're running around in dresses though. Um <laughs> but this this movie I know they're in like the army and something like that. Yes. Yeah, um they-
3: not,
1: not, yeah. not originally, but yeah, yeah it's very F Troop because I think the second the sequel is actually directed by the direct the guy who created F Troop. <laughs> um, any anyway, the, back to this movie. I I just have like you know good memories of this. I've seen it a ridiculous amount of times because it was one of those ones that you could always like had. It was one of the first VHS movies my parents ever had because I think it's one of Disney's first VHS movies if I'm not yes. mistaken. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Yes, it yeah. was, yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I always had it to watch and stuff like that. So, um, I just want, you know, I, I kind of like it so much. And I feel like it's a three, though, because I'm, I'm willing to respect the fact that while I like it, it's not the world's best movie ever kind of thing. Right.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of in the same boat with you. Like, I really enjoy it. Um, I think it's, again just a fun thing to, to watch but it's not great um like i said the plot leaves something to be desired uh the there's there's some some issues with you know dusty's treatment and things like that but it's just a fun slapsticky thing and like you were saying rachel about your k- kids watching it like i had a great time watching it with the kids you know we were poking fun at some of the inconsistencies and things like that and if that's something that you you can do with your your, your family you're going to enjoy this um quite a bit so i also would would rate it a three um you know it's right there in the middle for me so pretty consistent across the board there
2: yeah i'm almost tempted to knock mine up to two and three quarters (laughs) i mean i mean i'm just right below a three it's really tough because you know i i like it i i like it quite a bit i just don't know if i can give it quite a three
0: yeah no i hear you i i I, I, I think you're probably right right there. I mean, I think uh, I probably am giving it a little more extra extra love because I did see it as a kid and enjoy it so much. So, All right. So that's that's all of us and what we think of the Apple Dumpling Gang. Uh, if you've seen the movie, you agree with us, disagree with us, let us know. Go leave a post in the show notes, in the comments there, uh, over at DisneyFilmProject.com. You can also – uh, tweet us at Dis Film Project, or of course you can find us on facebook disney film project on facebook and you can let us know there or email us you can email us disneyfilmproject at gmail.com and let us know what you guys think we really uh always like to hear from you guys as far as you know what you think of the movies that we've picked and and all those sorts of things we we listen to everything for sure Why not we're not always able to get back to you guys but we listen to all of it all right uh so If you are listening to us, I assume you are doing so on your podcast aggregator, but you might be doing it on Stitcher. You might be doing it on Diz Dads Radio. All of those things um, you can do if you want to listen to the show. And go leave us a review or a rating in iTunes. That would be awesome if you could do that. Uh, It really helps people find the show. So if you can do that for us, we would appreciate it. All right. So that will do it for this week's episode. Until next week, we'll be back talking about another fine Disney film. Uh, For Rachel and Todd and Cheryl, I'm Ryan, and we'll see you again soon.
2: Be down at the old oak tree near Boot Hill at 12 o'clock sharp for your
3: hanging, and bring your own rope. I'm going to buy some new toes.
1: If we meet again in that big roundup in the sky sometime, I'm going to spread my blanket side of yours just the same as always.
0: If you need a haircut, Wintle, my barber shop's closed. If you're looking to sue somebody, my court's open every Tuesday. If you want the sheriff, I'm playing poker. Deuce is a dollar.